0: Welcome to Fortune's Wheelhouse, a podcast about esoterics and the tarot. I'm Susie Chang, and my co-host is Mel Moline. We're going on a journey through the symbolic imagery of each of the 78 tarot cards. If you use a Rider-Waite-Smith deck, or a Thoth deck, or Mel's own Tabula Mundi deck, you've come to the right place. We love making this podcast, and we hope you love listening to it. But you should also know that Fortune's Wheelhouse is more than the sound of our voices. We have a home on the web at www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse. Come and visit us there so you can experience the other part of this conversation, where we provide hundreds of written articles and explanations for even the most obscure concepts you'll hear on the show. If you sign up to be our patron at even the $1 level, you'll instantly gain access to all that information. As you know, each week we have a giveaway. The winner of last week's Autodidact Perfume Giveaway is Julie from New York. Congratulations, Julie! Enjoy! For this week's episode, we're talking about the Knight or Prince of Swords, the airy part of air. He's associated with the sign of Aquarius, which is ruled by Saturn. So this week's prize will be a print of any one of the major arcana associated with this court card. Uh, the universe, or world, for Saturn, the star for Saturn-ruled Aquarius, the devil for Saturn-ruled Capricorn, or the fool for elemental air. And because air expands, it's going to be a big print. It'll be matted to 16 by 20 or 11 by 14 your choice. You can sign up as a patron and find out more about the drawing at www.patreon.com slash fortuneswheelhouse. Got a little news for myself this week? My book, Tarot Correspondences, Ancient Secrets for Everyday Readers, is officially out. Is it your kind of book? Of course it's your kind of book! You're listening to this podcast! If you can't get enough of symbols, correspondences, and tables and tables of glyphs and codes, you'll definitely want a copy. It's available everywhere, the metaphysical shelf at your local bookstore, Amazon, and also from the publisher, Llewellyn.com. I also have an online tarot course, The Living Tarot, which is launching in beta this week. And if you'd like to be involved in that, you can check out more info at my website, tsusanchang.com. If you're on Facebook, you can connect with other listeners at Fortune's Wheelhouse Academy. That's the officially unofficial Fortune's Wheelhouse group, where even now some 275 listeners are sharing their love of esoteric tarot. You too could be one of them. Remember, you can always check in with me and Mel at our individual websites. I'm at www.tsusanchang.com. That's T as in tarot, susanchang.com. And my Etsy shop is at www.etsy.com slash shop slash tarotista. Mel's blog is at www.tabulamundi.com. And you can order her products at tarotcart.com. And we each have newsletters where you can sign up to hear about anything new that's happening in our worlds. Finally, if you have a moment and you haven't done it yet, would you please leave us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or iTunes? You can do it that way too. It's free, it's easy to do, and it really does help spread the word. Thanks for doing that and helping us out. One note about sound quality this week. Mel and I were down a mic when we recorded the King, Queen, and Knight of Swords episodes, so we had to share. The audio is not quite up to our usual standards, but we think you'll be able to hear just fine, even if the raucous cackling is not quite as up in your face as usual. We hope you enjoy it just the same. And now, here's this week's episode. What you want you want? What you want you want? Come, on. Okay, we have arrived at the Knight or Prince of Swords, that's Knight of Swords in Rider Waite-Smith and Prince of Swords in Thoth and Tabula Mundi. If you want an exhaustive discussion of why the confusion in nomenclature, then I think we've got it in episode 32, overview of the court cards. Uh, so his hermetic title is Prince of the Chariots of the Winds, Prince and Emperor of Sylphs and Sylph feeds As always with these golden dawn Titles It gets really confusing with the male courts because sometimes they even call him a king. I've got Chariot of the Winds, not Chariots of the Winds. Prince of the Chariot of the Winds. And the Chariot is important because it is a throne and it moves. Yes. Yeah. That has to do with his parents. Yep. The idea that he combines
1: both the force of his father, the motion, with the uh, form or firmness of his mother, the queen, on her throne. Mm-hmm. Thus, the movable throne. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> the prince mobile. <laughs> <laughs> so he has the swiftness of his father, though not quite as swift, and the steadiness of his mother, though not quite as steady. Yeah. He's one of the special double elemental cards. Yeah.
1: Heir of air. So very important, <laughs> just as the Queen of Cups is very important, and the Knight of Wands. So he really personifies
0: that and the Princess letter, of that third letter of the divine name. He certainly does. Uh, air of air, the airy part of air. So we can think of that as the currents within the air. Right, the winds and the clouds mm-hmm. and the mo- motion and movement mm-hmm. of air. Uh, whereas his father, I think of as being, you know, fitful, gusting winds in many directions. I think of him as being the steady wind that pushes the ship across the sea in the direction it needs to go. Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: And because it's air of air like that, it's the suit of air being associated with the mind and intellect. It's not modified by anything. It's air of air. It's pure, right. pure
0: intellect. <laughs> <laughs> and there is no sort of antagonistic court card for him to play off of. It's just him. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Although you can look at the Deccan that he doesn't have of Aquarius. Yeah. So he doesn't have that. Third Deccan of Aquarius, which is the card of futility, mm-hmm. the Seven of Swords. And who does have that card would be the Knight of Cups, who has that as a Shadow Deccan. And I was thinking about what that might mean. And mm-hmm. so when I think of the Knight of Cups, that's like that knight on the quest, you know, the Holy Grail quest knight.
0: And it's almost as if this... Knight, The Knight of Swords Just to clarify for a sec What Mel's talking about here is What we would call in Rider-Waite-Smith The King of Cups and the Knight of Swords Or in Thoth The Knight of Cups And the Prince of Swords
1: Doesn't have that one Grail you know what I mean? He's yeah. flitting all about, you know, creating thoughts and destroying them in that constant motion. And you know, he's he
0: doesn't have that singular. He doesn't have the focus. recognition <laughs> that what he's doing is going to lead to futility, because he doesn't it, have that experience. Yeah, sort of like what we saw with the Knighter King of uh, Swords, that he didn't have the experience of ruin to dissuade him from his course. But I think that's true also of the Knighter King of Cups, as you're saying. So having been familiar with the experience of intellectual distraction and self-sabotage in the Seven of Swords, he is on a spiritual mission in the Eight and Nine of Cups. Yeah. 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 So this guy doesn't have that spiritual mission. (laughs) He
1: doesn't have that one-pointed devotional
0: focus. He has, I think, a a feeling for humanity as a whole, but it's pretty cerebral.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we talked about all of these swords cards as being about the other, and I I called this one the other as in the alien.
0: (laughs) He's the the alien. That Aquarian, no need to be like anybody else. Yeah. In fact, pressing need to be different. Can I ever tell you what my son's first full sentence was? He's an Aquarius. I want to do what I want (laughs) to do. Yeah.
1: That makes sense. Yeah, so
0: do I. Yeah. <laughs> I've got
1: a lot of this yeah. guy in my chart. I have three things. I have my ascendant, moon and Mars all within his decans.
0: Right, you've got uh, both the 5 and 6 yeah. swords, right? So I identify with this guy a little bit. Mhm. Air, air, he's um I, what think, I, li-
1: mm-hmm. I think I think it was Crowley who said this. What I liked is that air of Air said he's ready to enter into combination with the nearest element available. And I thought that was really
0: interesting. Yeah, yeah, sort of like the outer rings of an electron. Yeah, get ready or... to bind to anything yeah. that comes
1: along. and And that fits with, you know, how he can make any argument just for the sake of making the argument. Mm-hmm. Whether or not he has conviction in it, he can seem to.
0: <laughs> right, and I think, you know, it's interesting to consider... Where he's coming from, so he's got that shadow decken of uh, of four of disks associated power. with Capricorn, right? Yeah. So the the power side of the devil, I you know, going to the star. So he's going from from chains to freedom, and you know, I, I think of the. Communist Manifesto where they say you have nothing to lose but your chains you know this is the Aquarian revolutionary need to bust out of there yeah. and no, no patience for the structures of the four of discs, the power and the kingdom and everything it's like um the The whole point is to overturn the monarchy and to have a revolution. And yeah, I think that's what we see in five and six of swords with all of the to boldly go where no man has gone before. <laughs> <laughs> and who cares if we break a few things while we're at it? Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really think that like the great difference between the devil and the star and the cards that go with them is the amount of attachments and obligations you have, right? Mm. You know, the, the star allows you to travel far and unencumbered and the devil holds you right where you are. And yet they're both ruled by Saturn. Right, right. And so let's, we should talk about that. The difference between Saturn ruling an earth sign and Saturn ruling an air sign, the, um, the structures, that Saturn builds in Earth are solid ones. the architecture, the buildings the you know the the works and the material qualities of the world around us. What would we do without Saturn to build our houses? The star represents the rules we live by, you know the uh not just the tangible ones but the intangible ones and it's it it speaks to the Aquarian idealism, the yeah, star, you know. Absolutely, you know. Whereas Libra sort of enforces the law, you know, in a very proactive way. I think of Aquarius as sort of backing up and looking at the whole structure and saying, "How is this working and not working for humanity? Yeah, yeah. for everybody, maximum right. possible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's definitely um, the bigger vision. Hands on, hands off. You know, and used to not really understand at all the idea of why Saturn governed Aquarius. Uh, in the classical rulerships, but it does make sense when you think about it. You know, it's the side of Saturn that it's more closely tied to the ideas of discipline, I think, that Mm. go with Saturn, because that's an internal rule. It's not something that's necessarily imposed upon you in the best case, but something that you make up for yourself. And Saturn's really interesting, too. Like, Mm
1: -hmm. you notice in the Orphic Hymn to Saturn how it refers to him as both the creator and the destroyer in some way because he birthed all the gods and then he swallowed them up, Yeah, you know? Then he was forced to barf them up again.
0: <laughs> but, you know,
1: he's like, he is the creator and the destroyer at the same time.
0: Yeah, and I also think of, like, Saturn in Capricorn is the one who rules the boundaries of space, but Saturn in Aquarius is the one who rules the boundaries of time. So right. he's the one who determines when you are no longer for this world. Your, your time is done. Yeah. you know. And also the
1: mother of all is Binah. Right. So, yeah, right. creation and destruction, Saturn's realm.
0: Yeah, there's a line in uh, the Orphic Hymn to Saturn, a desmous a kat cat a which means um, unbreakable bonds that yes. hold the cosmos the chains together, that yeah. hold the universe together. Yeah. yeah, I love that line. That's a great line, and it's so it really gives you a sense of why you gotta have him. I mean, what would we do without gravity? <laughs> right, <laughs> everything would fly apart. Although I have heard an interesting idea that the ruler in modern, you know, astrology is Uranus for Aquarius, and some people have said that since the Uranus myth is not that great, it should really be Prometheus. Which makes yeah, a lot that, of sense. that does right? make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, Aquarian sidetrack there.
1: Yeah, and you know the another thing that jumped out at me is the Aquarian motto is "I know," and mm-hmm. this is the air of air, so it's the power of the Sphinx to know. <laughs> There's a little parallel there.
0: Yes. So the Queen of Cups would be associated with "I dare." Mm. Yeah, and uh, the Knight King of Rizabeth, I will "I will," hmm. yeah. and the Princess. Or page of discs would be, I keep silent. Mm. Yeah. Well, I have a son who's an Aquarius, and he knows everything. <laughs> I'll tell you so. <laughs> um, you know, we talked a little bit in the Journey of the Fool about these Aquarian cards having to do with navigating your way through the crossroads that you came to in Libra and then in Gemini you'll commit to the choice. But here is where you are using your mind, the skills of your mind, to find your way, uh, renouncing the stasis of the four discs, you know, the no longer wanting to be stuck. You know, this is maybe the, the card that's most in motion of the chord cards.
1: Yeah, air of air, those
0: molecules don't want to stand still. <laughs> oh, when we were talking about this. This is so interesting regarding dates, that all of the solstices and equinoxes belong to the queens, uh, because they are cardinal. They have the, the, the decan leading up to the equinoxes and solstices and the decan afterwards. So they mm, contain the, the hinge e- points. Mm-hmm. They contain the hinge points of the year. And in this system, uh, all of the princes or knights contain the cross quarter holidays, the other ones. And the one that's associated with this is in bulk, the spring cleaning. Holiday. Which
1: Yeah, which is interesting because it falls in February, and one of the meanings of the word February is to cleanse. Oh, okay. Neat. It's associated with water, even though Aquarius is an air sign. He's the water bearer mm-hmm. um, pouring out the celestial waters, and that time of year in Egyptian times, coincided with their rainy season.
0: Also includes Groundhog's Day, and before Groundhog's Day, as I think we talked about in... Yeah, we did. In the, was it the Five of Swords, probably? Yep. Yeah, we talked about how divination traditions are associated with Weather divinations, yep. Yeah, and I really think of, like... The interpretive side of divination, not the casting side, but the interpretive side as being a very intellectual construct in some ways. Yes, it's intuitive, but you also need to decipher codes and symbols. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, there's a logic to it, for sure. Mm -hmm. It's
0: not all intuition. (laughs) Yeah, and bulk also is, I think it translates as in the belly. Mm-hmm. So we yeah, talked about the pregnancy aspects or fertilization aspects of Saint Bridget. And that's also the time of the
1: Thalamic holiday, the Feast of Stars. Yeah. So bringing back the Star card and Nuit. Feast of Newit, yeah. Beautiful time of year, even though it's cold. It's when Yeah. I always feel this like sense that even though you can't tell that spring is coming. You can feel it. There's little hints. And-
0: yeah, and the winds and breezes that come by, you know, all winter, they're very cold and sterile, but they start to smell like something. Yeah. Something good Yeah, at this time of year. So, Sephira and world. We are talking about the Sephira Tiferet in the world of Yetzirah, the world of formation. Yeah, and um,
1: because all princes are associated with sixes, he's associated with the Six of Swords, which also happens to be one of his decans, the Six of Swords. So he's Mm -hmm. doubly associated with the Six of Swords science, or earned success.
0: And the Six of Swords, you know, is the card you really want to have if you want to get from point A to point B. And, you know, and that's one of the things that he does, can get you there. Even if, you know, um, it reminds me of the fact that even though, you know, his mind can be sort of, go in all directions, it reminds me of the fact that when things are in motion, there's the opportunity to change them. Yeah. yeah. Anything could happen.
1: And like all the princes, they all have this kind of balancing act going on between the two decans of their main sign. In his case, it's between defeat and success, because science's Mm -hmm. other name is earned success. Yeah. So it's like there's that... the the balancing act between
0: those two polarities. There's something he says, Curly says about the court cards. Let's see, is that... uh, Here it is. Um, About the four princes. He says that he acquires a relative permanence because he is the published record of what has been done in secret by Mm. his parents. (laughs) Uh, So... So there's that gives him some staying power. That's his rationale for considering him associated with the fixed signs. Mm-hmm. Um, his his action is more enduring than that of his forebear. So he's somewhat rapid and somewhat enduring. He is also um, associated with the dying god. I mean, all princes are. Mm-hmm. Uh, redeeming his bride in the hour and by the virtue of his murder. So creation and destruction... And sacrificial gods go with the, uh, princes slash knights.
1: And all the, all the princes function is to carry this power down to the princess, you know, to, to merge with her. And this guy in particular, it's really interesting. So if you're in, in Tefera in the six, your way to Malkut is through isod the astral realm mm-hmm. which it seems especially apt
0: in his case mm-hmm. certainly does in the sort of astral realm of yetzirah um, you know he he has i associate with Teferit and with the sixes generally a sense of mission or purpose mm-hmm. you know so the energy he channels from above the six Sephira has a reason it's going somewhere it's heading towards mm-hmm. yeah that's why the as above so below the six-pointed star that's associated within the reconciled triangles of fire and water in terms of the Atea meanings his uh, benign aspect is that of a military person mm-hmm. doing the job uh, you know, and military people, you know, when you think of military deployment, of why we send out military forces, you know, they are they are dangerous, they are forceful, they are deadly, but it's also, they are the messengers of an idea. You know, there's some kind of principle that they're fighting for, even if it's not one that everyone agrees with. His opposite side, now this is interesting, is ignorance. The translation of the upright form a military person, in which you are, uh, you, in whom you're interested, uh, conducts a, an attack action, from which he receives good compensation. In reversal, this card re- predicts a man who will have a dispute with a fool, who fool the fool, yes, who, uh, yeah. or maybe it's a drunkard. I'm not quite sure which it is who will um, make him the laughingstock of all those who hear him. So, you know, there's that sort of, like, uh, definitely a uh, verbal quality, definitely an aggressive quality to this card. He is associated, uh, here's another one who's associated with Alexander the Great, uh, yet another, I mean, he's all over the place with these associations. Um, and then I have one more, which I didn't look up, uh, from the Solabuska Amun, A M O N E. I do not know anything about this figure. Can't find anything else from a very very five second Google search. So if any of you know anything about the figure, historical figure Amun, A M O N E. Yeah, not Amun as in Amun Ra,
1: but A M O N E, which I know nothing about. <laughs> yeah, me neither.
0: Knowledge and ignorance, guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what are the virtue and vice of Tiferet? Oh, I have it somewhere. Hold on. Virtue, yeah. yeah, the virtue
1: is devotion and the vice is pride.
0: That really makes sense in terms of like, devotion reminds me of the fixity of sixes, you know, the uh, steadfastness and perseverance associated with them. And then pride is, I guess, the sort of uh, overconfidence that goes with. Yeah, that. that's the yeah. Leo
1: connection between you know yeah. Tiferet being the sun and Leo's major vice is pride. Okay, so shall we look at Wait
0: Smith? Sure. For a moment, boy, is he going at a. Yeah, he's going at a clip, clip there. Yeah, yeah. I love these these clouds. They don't look exactly like clouds I've ever seen, but I get the point.
1: <laughs> yeah, the um the weather description I have for Aquarius is rain descending from clouds, a force manifesting and manifested.
0: This horse is seriously panicking.
1: Yeah, his eyes are definitely rolling. Oh yeah.
0: He's like, "God, get this guy off me." <laughs> Look at the um birds on here. They're the birds are all tossed around. Now, I can't uh, now tell... Are you're talking
1: about the birds. No, I meant the Oh. What uh, are these on his blanket over his lap there? I can't tell what if they're birds or not.
0: I don't know. I was talking about the birds in the upper
1: right-hand corner. There are five... The upper right-hand corner is five mm-hmm. birds, which, Unless
0: these are, like, parts of the cloud. No, they're definitely birds, and they're being tossed upside down and sideways. Yeah, they're being blown about on yeah. currents of air. And the fact that it's five makes me think of
1: Gibora and the sword as a weapon. Right. This card is the personification of the sword as air of air.
0: And you can see that the trees that we saw in his parents' cards are now leaning. Yeah. From they're the force. really
1: getting blown. <laughs> yeah.
0: Gale force wins.
1: He has the red feather on his helmet, like oh, the yeah. fool. So bringing in uh, fool and air, and a sun and death and death.
0: Mm-hmm. Those
1: three. Yeah. That's interesting because mm-hmm. Wait says that this card can mean death, but only if in proximity to other cards of fatality. And the, I think that has something to do with the golden dawn meaning for this card, where I think it calls him the alpha and omega the giver of death
0: it does it does his sort of creation destruction qualities right yeah and it's interesting because in the sun and death cards the you know you see the feather and it's in different states like it's either upright in the sun one and you know, dangling in the death one. And he actually has, I think, two feathers. Right. I'm
1: mistaken. It looks like two or a split feather.
0: Yeah, which, you know, kind of just speaks to the general doubleness of air as well as maybe he's got the air, life air, and death. Air
1: of air. Yeah. Two,
0: two feathers. Yeah, there you go. You know, like all those other air cards, he's got a lot of red on him, actually.
1: And I think that term, the giver of death, and the Alpha and Omega beginning and the end, I think that's a Saturn mm-hmm. reference. You know, like we were talking
0: about Saturn mm-hmm. as the birther and eater of the gods. Yes, right. One thing that's kind of interesting about this guy, which I hadn't really noticed before studying up for this, was that he's got one gloved and one ungloved hand. He's got... Michael the- Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, the, the, the glove protects but it also kind of dulls the senses. So, you know, he wants his bare hand on that sharp sword so that he can wield it exactly the way he wants. Mm. And it's also significant, I think, that the sword is cut off in the card. Mm. So kind of going off half-cocked, you know what I mean? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> he's like, you know, his intentions are pure. He's got the white horse that he's riding on. He's on a mission. About that purity of intention... He might almost be Galahad, Waite says. Now, Galahad was one of the three Grail knights, right? So there's yeah, Percival that's interesting. And because Bors that's and the one he doesn't have that
1: the that the Prince of... I mean, Knight of Cups does have. Yeah. yeah, His Deccan. Yeah, his bar, you know, adopt a Deccan program. Deccan. Adopt a Deccan program. So that would be the, you mean the seven? seven the seven mm-hmm. of swords that he doesn't have is the one that the Knight of Cups has right. As his. Right, right. And the and Knight of Cups, of course, has. I think of the Knight of Cups as a Galahad figure more mm-hmm. than this guy. But. Knight or King of Cups, yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, well, the interesting thing about Galahad was that he didn't make it to the end of the quest exactly i mean he was given the chance to see the grail and because he was so pure of heart he was allowed to ask a boon and he asked to determine the time of his own death oh interesting so galahad the pure who sounds kind of like an insufferable prick actually (laughs) he encounters later on in the story joseph of arimathea who uh, caught the blood of the Grail from Christ? So he's a very holy figure. And Galahad is so overwhelmed with his passion and faith that he asks to die right then. So he's carried straight up to heaven, you know, no intermediary stages. And he was the one who was considered the pure of heart. Where I actually associate the Knight King of Cups, as you do, with the Grail also, but the Percival qualities. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So he's very idealistic in his way. And some people, and that's see the him.
1: Aquarian. You know, Aquarians are idealistic. The star card is that mm-hmm. always in the distance,
0: perfect ideal kind of can be really militant about it too, though. So, that's like, the fixed that's the nature, thing. Yeah, there is something about this guy that you look at him and you can see a guy who is a fighter. Both, you can see him as like a person who fights for fighting's sake and a person who fights for good. You know? Yeah. Yeah, but either way, there's fighting. <laughs> and we talked a little before about him and his relationship with the associated majors and minors. It's just like the desire to smash things and free things, his revolutionary qualities.
1: But we got to remember it's an intellectual
0: revolution. <laughs> yeah. Wait says, reversed imprudence, incapacity, and extravagance. Yeah, and I, I think with the princes, with their solar qualities that imbalance is even more of a problem than it is for other courts, you know, since balance is an inherent quality of Teferret. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, on to Thoth. Yeah, look at that card. It's so weird. It's super
1: strange.
0: It doesn't look like the other sword courts. You know, he's, he's got like he's a He's green, he's the alien. <laughs> and he's got a hat on that looks like it has a pom pom.
1: <laughs> it's supposed to be a gold child's head. That's you know the child's I head see. is his crest, so that's supposed to be a child's head. If you oh yeah, I can look see at it. it. It's still
0: weird looking.
1: Yeah, he looks like an alien. This is the kind of like the Incredible
0: Hulk. Yeah, he looks he's like green skin and, and all muscly. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's kind of uh, like you can see through him. Like he's a glass, dark glass bottle figurine. Mm, a bubble, a bubble mm-hmm. of air. He's all the colours of the fool, the green and gold. Although Crowley says he's clothed with closely woven armor adorned with definite device. I'm not sure I'm seeing what he's seeing.
1: I would love the geometric forms though. There's a lot of uh, Yes these air there's the um symbols for air here that that diamond in the center of his chariot. So the diamond is Keter, a symbol for Keter, which would make sense for the fool and heir. Mm-hmm. But it's also, if you look closely, it's a three-dimensional diamond, which means it has eight sides, which
0: re- would refer to hode and
1: yeah, and
0: mind and reason. It also reminds sense. me of the uh, chariot mysticism of Merkaba, you know, the um, the sort of cubic form that's supposed to transport you to the godhead. Pyramid mm-hmm. above and the pyramid below. yeah. Yeah, that's
1: the platonic symbol uh, for air. I think the um, diamond octahedron. Yeah, yep, yeah. That makes sense.
0: It doesn't look like a very comfortable chariot. I don't see the sitting place. Those are wings. He's got the yellow things. I guess. (laughs) I guess so. They
1: look almost like bubbles. You know, bubbles of air.
0: Yeah, air of air. And then the 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 uh, figures that are leading his chariot are like mini me's. For him, you know, they all look like him. Yep, <laughs> <You know? laughs> right.
1: Those little figures—they they really make me think of monkey mind. You know, the Buddhist yeah. concept of monkey mind, where you just have conflicting thought after thought after thought.
0: Exactly. It says this chariot is drawn by winged children, looking and leaping irresponsibly in any direction that it takes. So mm-hmm. yeah, like thought, like thought. Uh, the book T one, I think it's they're drawn by Arch Fay. Yes. So. Much more like your card. Yeah. Um, But yeah, but the same idea that the the mind wanders where it will. I think Crowley says something about the, the crest, the child crest
1: on his head as being a secret crown or something like that. Let's see. On the head of this prince is, nevertheless, a child's head radiant, for there is a secret crown in the nature of this card. If concentrated, it is exactly Tiferet. How concentrated? I what think are we that he's talking about the Holy Guardian Angel because this is Heir of air. This is the the son of the divine name. This is the Vav, mm-hmm. um, which is associated with the HGA. So yeah. I think that's what he's talking about, the concentration there, the the secret nature yeah. of the card. I like what he says about this guy. He says he's indifferent to the fate of a contrary argument advanced two minutes earlier impossible to defeat because any position is as good as any other. (laughs) He's the great debater.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was listening, I told you about the podcast I was listening to with the ceremonial magician and he was talking about how he did a working to become eloquent in debate and this demon gave him this power but uh, before he was going to go into this debate that he wanted the power for his voice got all screwed up and you know, he had this hoarse, weird, demonic voice, He was it was like he was sick, and he could say anything in it, and people would, you know, would go for it because it was just sounded so absurd, and you know, there was no arguing with it. And that's what this reminds me of, just sort of like the uh, detachment from feeling like it matters exactly, but being able to say anything. And also just like loving to argue for argument's
1: sake. Yep. And that reminds me of something else Crowley said. He said, It's easy to be deceived by such people, for the manifestation has the utmost power potency as if an Im- <laughs> as if an imbecile offered dialogues of Plato. Yeah. That cracks me up because I think that's me. <laughs> oh, nonsense.
0: <laughs> it's funny though. It is funny. They may in this way acquire a great reputation both for depth and breadth of mind. <laughs> so what he's holding is cool, the sword in one hand and the sickle in the other.
1: Yeah. So it's said that the sword creates and the sickle destroys. And thats I think that's speaking, again, about Saturn as being the progenitor and the destroyer. Yeah. You know, the sickle is the symbol of Saturn, and that's the one that's the, the destroyer.
0: Although I don't really, you know, sword as creator is an interesting concept. It is, isn't it? Yeah. But if you think of it as, like, the ace of swords as
1: being a power invoked, that's mm-hmm. a form of creation. Yeah, invo- the, invocation as
0: creation. The concentrated will. Yeah, yeah, and the or the sword is sort of like a is a, a token of the magician's intention or focus. yeah, and the way the yeah. mind really does create all. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, mm, that's interesting to think about. You know, if we think of Yetzir as a place where things are created and destroyed, that the sword represents that the the instrument through which you engage in that process what this, you invoke becomes your reality yeah <laughs> and he's invoking all over the place here <laughs> oh yeah he
1: can't make up his mind with everything that's going on what is it fine ideals unrelated to practical effort Yeah. Basically, it says, like, he slays as soon as he creates. And that's, I think that's talking about, you know, as soon as you have one thought, you have another thought, you have another thought, and each time the new thought overtakes the old thought. (laughs) Right. They
0: they don't stick around. (laughs) Yeah, he talks about the figures drawing it as perfectly capricious with a capital C for Capricorn. So, Ah, you know, the goat-like bounding from thought to thought. Yes. You Uh know, it's not something I really thought about with the devil so much before, but I guess it's that agility and nimbleness mm-hmm. you know uh agenda i guess you know being able that's why they call him the lord of the gates of matter because he can you and know. the goat climbs mm-hmm. heights on the earth realm and yet then you have the
1: star which is like heights in the celestial realm but each one is always looking up right you know right
0: yeah he really wrote quite a bit about this card i
1: think he kind of Liked it. I think so, too. Yeah, he did have a lot to say. He said he's that he's firm in friendship and enmity. And that yeah. talks a lot about the fixed nature of Aquarians.
0: And that he's distrustful, I think. I saw that somewhere. I don't know if it was Book T or or in uh, Book of Thought. And intellectual for the fun of it. And <laughs> I, I liked
1: that, you know? Mm-hmm. That, that makes sense.
0: This reminds me of last Tuesday. I was in the car with my son driving on a college visit to New York, and it was... Oh, you know, nine hours in the car with the kid, <laughs> and on the way back, you know, we listened to a lot of music, but we also uh, argued for like an hour or two about politics. Just and it wasn't even unfriendly, it was just because for exercise, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just because that's what you do. <laughs> and again, it's like that Aquarian moon and Mercury thing happening. Uh, oh, oh the I Ching, right? Yes, the I Ching, so hexagram. Fifty-seven, um, sun, or shun, I think, is actually how you'd pronounce it, because in modern transliteration, it's X-U-N. Uh, ground is what I got for that, which is... I got wind gently penetrating. Yeah, yeah, so that's strange, because the upper trigram... Should be air and air. (laughs) Yeah, the, um it's just a weird translation of that trigram shun is ground or wind so when it's both trigrams are the same they name the uh, the hexagram after the trigrams um let me just pull that out for a second and shun oh okay yeah there's something wrong with okay proceeding humbly proceeding humbly and i also saw the gentle penetrating wind yeah as well which uh,
1: that one, the, the gently penetrating wind, kind of made sense to me because, yeah, wind, air, but the the gently penetrating part, mm-hmm. it's like one of his decans, that Venus decan of defeat, that, that gentleness of Venus yeah. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. But still the fixedness of penetration, you know, the power of, of
0: fixity. Yeah. It reminds me of, like, the way you can see erosion on a rock face from a wind that always blows in that direction, yeah. you know? Yep. Yeah, it talked a
1: lot about both power and gentleness, and power is one of his other decans, but Mm -hmm. then gentleness of
0: the middle decan he has. So that's kind of interesting. And the sort of like ancient ideograph that goes with hexagram 57, so it's not just the hexagram, but there's sort of like a character that goes with each one, is supposed to represent two snakes. Oh, sort of going in exactly the same direction. There's no argument with yourself.
1: <laughs> right. right? It's- I get also that it has something to do with influence, gradual, lasting influence on others. And that makes sense for, you know, the debater side of him. <laughs> that does.
0: That does make sense. Yeah.
1: That power and gentleness always makes me think of that scene in. I think of this guy. I think I told you earlier, just when we were talking, mm-hmm. as the dude. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and that scene where they they piss on the dude's rug. The thug that's pissing on his rug says something like "Thus ever to tyrants" or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <And> like...
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know what cracked me. Yeah, that's know. a real fuck you Aquarian thing. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And then the uh, geomantic figure is Tristitia, mm, the sadness, of sadness and the, illness. So it looks like a U, a regular U, uh, with two, 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 and one on the bottom. Uh, pain, suffering, sadness. But stability in Earth matters, which is... Saturnian, right?
1: Yeah, it has to do with Saturn and Aquarius and air. But if you look at if you look at the shape of it, it's actually a square above a triangle. True. So it's almost as if like being weighed down by the heaviness of
0: gravity, Saturn, Earth. Mm-hmm. You know, the square. Right. And if you turn it the other way, you get Laetitia, happiness, which is associated with Pisces and Jupiter. So it's the Saturn versus Jupiter thing. Yeah, the contraction versus
1: the expansion.
0: Not only that, but I guess it's the airy Saturn versus the watery Jupiter.
1: I like what uh, Lon Milo said something about this card that... He said it's something Crowley said, but I think he's just rephrased it as the futility of thinking about thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So I think we're on to tabula mundi. Yeah, um, and we'll read the little description yeah. here mm-hmm. from the traditional Golden Dawn depiction. Mm-hmm. A winged prince with winged crown, seated in a chariot drawn by Arch archfays. These are represented as winged youth, very slightly dressed, with mm-hmm. butterfly wings, heads encircled by a fillet with a pentagram thereon and holding wands surmounted by pentagrams, the same butterfly wings on their feet and fillets. General equipment as the Prince of Wands, but he bears as a crest a winged angelic head with a pentagram on the brows. (laughs) Beneath the chariot are gray nimbus clouds. His hair is long and waving in serpentine whorls, and whorl figures compose the scales of his armor. A drawn sword in one hand, a sickle in the other. With the sword he rules, with the sickle he slays. Right. Lot in there sure in that description. Is. I especially like the angelic head with the pentagram on its brow.
0: Yeah. What's a, what about the pentagram?
1: Why? Well, I had several thoughts about that. So let's think about the pentagram ritual. It mm-hmm. can be used for both invoking and banishing. Yeah. Just like he creates and destroys. Mm-hmm. So that's one thought. Then there's the five as the five senses of man. You know, that man associated with the angel and Mm -hmm. Aquarius Mm -hmm. and, uh, the four powers united in the fifth to go. Yeah. Then there's also the five upper Sephiroth that the pentagram is sometimes said to, to describe. Then there's also the five as Giborah, whose weapon is the sword. So there's a lot of, and, pentagram things going on there. Yeah, and
0: also the fact that his Shadow Deccan is in Capricorn, which is an earthy thing, and the pentagram can be an earthy yep. representation. Yep. Uh, I think Lon Milo told us at the meetup last week that we do the Vanishing Pentagram of Earth because, you know, it's the most complete one. Yep. It's basically
1: like... It's got know, all the others combined within it. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's the most thorough and
1: comprehensive, so... And the fact that it's on his brow, you know this mm-hmm. this power of thought. His pure power is to know. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I like his wings; they really look like insect wings—dragonfly wings. Dragonfly, wings. Dragonfly yeah. wings, yeah. Dragonflies, of course, having the power to transform. they being uh, as a symbol of transformation. And he's got the whorls the whorls on his armor. This as the scales of his armor. And he's got the Green Man from the Four of Disks. And yep. funny how we talked about, uh, was the Green Man associated with this holiday or not? No, it was the previous one that we talked about, I think. Yeah, it was the, okay, other, I never yeah, mind. It was the other one. That. So he's got the Green Man from the two, But still, the Green Man
1: Capricorn, you know, yeah, from, that's from the Four, from the Devil card. in um, Tabula Mundi has the, the Green Man's face on the belly of the, yeah. of the Devil. Yeah, And so that's here. And then the Chariot's... Uh, has that diamond on the front that has the triangle and the egg and that's from the Five of Swords mm-hmm. the nest of the dove mm-hmm. um, with the diamond triangle and egg and then inside the egg is the uh, sextant from the Science Six of Swords card
0: Yeah, so they're all sort of enclosed within each other um, like that. and all nested yeah. within Yeah, that's cool I really love the, the. There's something about the yellow of this card that's so light filled and luminous. I don't know how you did it, but there's something about it that really just, I don't know, every time I see it, it feels like it has depth or like a sort of numinous quality. Because it's
1: paired with its near opposite on the uh, color wheel, it really mm. makes it flash and pop. Yeah. it, it Against that. Dark, almost purpley blue mm-hmm. is like its opposite color, so it really gives it a lot of light. Yeah, that's wild. Whenever you pair it. a color with its exact opposite, it mm-hmm. makes it seem brighter than it is. Just something I like to do. Yeah, neat. But there's this idea like the two Arch fays are pulling in different yeah. directions. You so, know? by
0: arch phase are they like the head fairies of some sort?
1: That's what I. That's what I mm-hmm. thought. You sort know, of like, like archangels. archangels are the head yeah.
0: angels. The arch
1: must be the head. The head
0: Yeah, and there's one that's more feminine and one that's more masculine, and they're tricky. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's interesting. I I've never done it, but there was something I read about summoning elementals, yeah. you know, to talk with, and apparently. Air ones are nice to talk to because they enjoy conversation. Fire ones set things on fire, which is a problem. Yeah. Water ones, you might get plumbing problems. Earth ones are just dour and obnoxious. But the air ones are supposed to be quite fun, but tricky. Yeah, yep. yep. <laughs> so is this one you get much? Oh, I get him a lot, do yeah. You? I do, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. It's really usually about make up your damn mind <laughs> <laughs> when I get this one.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't get him much at all, but... I remember one of the first times I got him back when I lived in New York, I drew the card, and then I went out for a walk to go do something. I walked up, I guess it was like 10th Avenue or something like that. As I turned the corner, there was a little playground on the corner, and a fight broke out. It was such a surreal scene because I didn't understand what I was seeing at first. There were some people exchanging words, and then you know, I saw a the girlfriend of one of the people who was fighting hand him a bottle and I was like why do you want a bottle you Uh know and he took it he broke it and they you know and they had they went at it yeah and then you know there was blood and everything you know if I'd sort of known what was going on I would have like called for a cop or something like that but I didn't I just never thought that such a thing would happen but that to me reminds me of the shocking violence that can erupt with Mm -hmm. this card you know that words escalate into action it happens so fast yeah. that you can't do anything about yep. it. Yeah, I have the power of
1: words to get out of control. Yeah. And there's something about this card, too, about control of the ego. Mm-hmm. And often that's a problem that leads to fighting is two yeah. people's
0: egos. <laughs> right. Yeah, and this is, um, as I said, I really associate my son with this card because of his, you know, being an Aquarian guy and also a fencer. So, mm. you know, he is, this is his attitude towards life. He rushes towards it. He's highly disciplined and highly idealistic, but not very empathic. Yes. <laughs> at least at this phase in his life. You know, right. maybe at some point that will change. Yeah. But I often have this card come up as him, including the time when I told you that, I got Ten of Cups and Knight or Prince of Swords on a day that I took the kids to the city. And I had that Ten of Cups vision of all the things we were going to do. And No, of course, was going to fence, so that was his card. And that's when I parked the car in the wrong place. And the reason that I didn't figure it out was because he was pressing so hard. You know, We parked the car and he was like, I got to go, I got to go, it's fine, it's fine. I didn't look up to see the sign right above my head said, you can't park here. And that's when we got towed. So I think, you know, that kind of makes sense to me with the distraction and sort of like competing agendas of this car. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely an element of distraction and restlessness. Yeah. Gotta Gotta go, gotta go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't had a lot of accidents or near misses in my car, but it's always been when he's been there kind of taking that piece of my mind from focusing on the job. Love the guy to bits, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's basically the way it uh, manifests for me. You know, words that uh, that distract, words for their own sake, and my pointy, sharp, talking son. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: A while ago, I was doing little essays on the court cards, and I stopped doing that. I put a pause to them. Just so that I could focus on painting the new mm-hmm. deck I'm working on, and I didn't need any more like, things. Everybody's to do. happy you're doing that <laughs> anyway. So I stop doing. Yeah. But there is one on the site about this guy. I, I like it, so I think if you want to know more about this guy, there's a lot there in in that little essay. Someday I'll get back to him. Fantastic. And
0: check it out. Can they just search it on your blog?
1: Yeah, they should be able to find it at the time of y- year. So you would look around the month of February to find this one. <laughs> Probably posted it in January because his decans start then. 2018, right? Yes.
0: Okay, so shall we try and sum it up? Prince of the Chariot of the Winds, airy part of air, steady onrush of air. I know is his motto. Yes, and to know is his power. (laughs) And he knows it all. <laughs> we talked a little bit about his revolutionary spirit, his need to break the chains of power, the Capricornian chains. And we talked about Aquarius and
1: how they like to shock. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the symbol of Aquarius, it does
0: look like a little electricity ray a little shock a little
1: <laughs> shock wave and, yeah,
0: or like a thought wave, even yeah, like you know Saturn and Capricorn, the goat is climbing the mountain, but uh, in Aquarius, the mind is climbing, yeah, whatever it can, <laughs> the distant star yeah, calibrating towards the a
1: direction. We talked about the um, ability of air ready to enter into combination with the nearest element available. <laughs> and the spring
0: cleaning time of Imbolc um, around February 1st or 2nd, as well as the divination and inter- interpretation qualities associated with, with that Yeah, Groundhog Day and um, the Feast of Stars. We talked about a
1: lot about Saturn. Saturn as the... Um, The creator and eater of (laughs) gods.
0: The power to create and destroy, sword and sickle.
1: Yes, the giver of
0: death the Alpha and the Omega. The dying god, or sacrificial god. Oh, and Galahad and his pure heart. His uh, wish to die at a time of his own choosing. The monkey mind. And the futility of thinking about thinking. (laughs) (laughs) The secret crown. The baby head on his... Pom pom hat. <laughs>
1: the pentagram on the brow of the angel. And the its use for invoking and banishing. The minimes pulling his chariot. <laughs> <laughs> any position is as good as any other. Yeah, I've got the green man on mine, and he is a green man on
0: curlies. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> Uh, The hexagram 57, proceeding humbly, or the gentle, penetrating wind. The two snakes. The fool, the star, and the universe. Yeah. Not to mention the fool, the sun, and death with the red feather. Right. The uh, figure Tristitia, the geomantic figure representing Aquarius, whose opposite is Lytitia Joyce, representing Pisces, so Saturn versus Jupiter. Uh, the ungloved hand for dexterity versus the protected left hand. It's having it both ways. <laughs> Something he likes to do. Something he really likes
1: to do. I think Curly said, there's no purchase to be had upon them, not even by pandering to their appetites.
0: <laughs> All right, I guess. So, this has been the uh, Niter Prince of Swords, and um, the Steady Breeze is now winding down (laughs) we're just about done with our recording day but uh but we will be back next week with the princess or page of swords see you then and that's our show for today thanks for bearing with us through the last few episodes of less than optimal sound we should be back to normal production standard with the next episode you can find us as always at our online home www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse but there are also a number of other places you can find me and Mel on the internet. All of Mel's books and decks can be found at www.tarocart.com. So that's your first stop. If you want to find anything related to the Rosetta tarot or the Tabula Mundi tarot, that's also where you'll find the adorable new pocket-sized decks, as well as signed and matted prints of her artwork. As for me, my book, Tarot Correspondences, Ancient Secrets for Everyday Readers, is coming out from Llewellyn and is available for pre-order online at Amazon Book Depository and more. You can learn more about that at my website, www.tsusanchang.com. I also have a shop on Etsy where I sell the one and only trademarked Arcana case in lavish silks, brocades, and esoteric prints, as well as my Zodiac perfumes perfumes for the next month sun signs are always on sale at the year's lowest price all of that is at www.etsy.com tarotista and if you'd like your very own fortune's wheelhouse t-shirt or tote bag or mug we have those too you can find them at our red bubble shop the address for that is redbubble.com slash people wheelhouse 93 slash shop Go on, get yourself something. You know you deserve it. Happy shopping to all you heroes of the astral plane. We so appreciate your support.